You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. And so that brings us to consider something that's, I think, very important in this parable, although it is not dwelt on in terms of explanation, and that is this. Why is it that some people only return 30-fold? Some people 60. Some people 100. Why is that? And that makes me think this, that the, the uh, debate over whether or not these are children of God or not children of God may be somewhat misleading because of this. I would submit to you that on any given Sunday, or perhaps during any given period of your life, each of us sometimes falls into one of these categories, one of these other categories. Now, he who never understands the Word of God, he who never receives the Word of God, I don't have any problem with saying he's not a child of God. I believe God's children are going to bring forth some kind of fruit. There's going to be the bearing of some kind of fruit in their lives. But the problem is this. Here you are. Here I am. I do preaching. I hear preaching. And I know, I know when I'm sitting there, that I'm resisting the Word of God. Have you ever felt that? I've felt it. I've felt before, you know, the sensation of, of uh, that gum at that preacher's right. And, uh, I, know, he, I know I ought to be doing this, but I don't want to do this. It's too hard. It's too this. It's too that. Now, if you've never had that sensation, I praise the Lord. I, um, I suspect most of us have have experienced that sensation of knowing the preacher's right, feeling a conviction, and, and also having some inkling of what I would need to do in order to actually uh, uh, put this to practice in my life. The sacrifice that it might call me to. And I just disregard it. And before I get out the door... Satan has snatched it up and it is gone. Now that may not always characterize just all of those who are going to hell. It may characterize me sometimes. I don't think it characterizes the children of God consistently, pervasively. But how is it with you? Perhaps you're like sometimes the seed that's received on stony ground. You hear the preaching. You get all excited and you want to go do what the preacher said. And notice what happens with the second group. He says, But he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word and on with joy receives it, yet not has root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He doesn't bring any fruit, forth any fruit. 
Tribulation. What is that? Trials and difficulties. Which of us do not experience trials and difficulties along the way? We all do. We all experience difficulties and trials along the way. And what difficulties and trials always tempts us to is to quit. Just quit. They don't appreciate it. it it's, it's not, you know, it's just like you kids. I dare say there's not a father or mother among us here who has not tried to, to, uh, to have some kind of active, regular family worship in his home. And you gather the kids up. And, and, you have, and, and, and sometimes trying to get them involved is like pulling hen's teeth. And they sit there and they, hey, yo, and it, you know, they're respectful pretty much. And, they, and, and you think sometimes, hmm, I'm, I'm not really getting anywhere with this. They're not paying attention. I don't really even appreciate it. You know, sometimes preachers get that way. Shoot. We can be peevish just like you. We're, we're men. We flesh and blood. And sometimes we get to thinking that somebody doesn't appreciate us. Somebody doesn't like us. And we get to having a pity party and whining. And, and that's why we go to some other church. Because they'll appreciate us, you know, for five years or so. Then, you know, move on. Keep playing, playing the game. Listen, preachers are human beings and, and we're fallible just like everybody else. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to us all. We hear something. We get all excited about it. We need to do this and we need to do that. But maybe somebody misunderstands our motives. Somebody doesn't like the way we said it or did it. Maybe somebody didn't like the way that we... Uh, you know, I, 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 everybody's gun-shy around here about picking out stuff in this bathroom. You know, it's it's a, what color you well I don't know whatever you know whatever color you what kind of countertop well I don't know let somebody else you know most people here maybe all of us here could could go into the bathroom back there and pick out a stinking cabinet the countertop and pick out some paint and a floor covering and you know everybody's not going to like it and somebody might not comment on it so so. Uh, so here's what we're doing. We're painting the bathroom white, and I picked out a white countertop, and and we're going to have white commodes and a white sink, and and uh, how can anybody complain about that? The only thing about it is Sister Darlene's going to pick out floor cover, and I had to ask her to do that. And uh, somebody's not going to like what she picks out, just as sure as I stand here, uh, or whatever it is, the color of paint, or the this, or the that. Um, and you know, people get peeved over the smallest things. And you know what? If there's no depth to them, they will fall away. And they will not bear fruit. The Word of God will get choked out and all the preaching on forgiveness and all the preaching on unity and all the preaching about how we've got to look over one another for good and not for evil will eventually go out the door. Persecutions arise because of the word tribulation, difficulties, trials come along. And they will come. You remember what Jesus said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount? As a matter of fact, His closing comments in the Sermon on the Mount. <clears throat> he said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. Now the kids always love to memorize this section in school. Because the next section is almost exactly like that. Except you just fill in a couple of different words. But he says, Whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then the next verse, piece of cake. Exactly like the previous verse. 
And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. Now here's a little difference. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now what's Jesus talking about? He's just preached a sermon on the mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And He said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, they've heard the Word of God. And they do them, they will be like a man who is founded upon a rock. And you know, what happens when people's lives are founded upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what happens? When, not if, but when, the trials and the difficulties and the troubles and the problems come, they're going to stand. And they're going to bear fruit. And those who are not, won't. It's just that simple. That doesn't mean they're all going to hell. That's... that's Maybe beside the point at this at this point. But this next section is, I'm afraid, much more sobering. Some people they hear the word of God, they get all excited about it, but there's no depth to them and they fall by the wayside. They quit. They drop out. They're not around anymore. They may last a year, five, ten years, but they eventually drop out. But the next category, you know, if you think of a field, the perimeter of the field is always prone to grow up the weeds and the the thorns and so forth. And it may have even looked prepared and, and ready to receive seed, but there's those roots down under there. If everybody gardened like I did, nothing would ever grow. But Kathy, oh, not her. She's a gardener extraordinaire. It is not enough for her for the top of the grass to be cut off. Oh, no. She's got to get a shovel and get the roots. And that's the way you have to do with thistles and thorns. And, and you have to dig down and you have to get the roots. And it's hard work. And this seed is sown. And notice them. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Here's the man who is distracted. Well, he's got great intentions, but there's this to do and there's that to do and and family and and friends and and there's work and there's there's money to be made and, and all of those things vie for our hearts and they draw us away from obedience. To the Word of God. Now that one, that one ought to sober us. Because we live in such an affluent land. And frankly, I don't know but what people who live in impoverished lands have a lot more advantage over us because even though they have little, they are often occupied in their minds with having a little bit more. Or maybe just having something out there. We, on the other hand, we're, we're bogged down with the cares of this world. I suggest to you that's why, why there are a lot of women who leave their homes, leave their children, because they can't have all the things that they might have had without that. When the Word of God is crystal clear that they should be keepers at home, provide for their families, care for their families, care for their children. And the cares of this world. That's why a lot of fathers fail to, to, uh, have regular family worship. They, 
They've got a dollar to make over here. They've got money to make. They've got things that are pressing in upon them. And, and they turn around and their children are grown before they ever know what happened. And, and they're gone. So let's not just relegate these things to these people are saved and these are not saved. These people are children of God. These people are not children of God. That, that's too simplistic. These are potential, potentially me. And if you understand that this is potentially you, and you understand the risks involved, then you will not be a forgetful hearer of the Word, but a doer. Here's a sober warning in Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now the them is in italics in that passage. And it might be more appropriately translated, and we should let slip. It is we who move away from these truths, and not that is we're allowing the truths to move away from us. Either way, there's a separation between me and truth. He says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest at any time there comes this gap between me and the truth. Because you know what happens when there comes a gap between you and the truth? Your fruitfulness is diminished. And of course, if that becomes the habit of life, there will, ever, there will never be any fruit at all. And so why is it that some bring forth 30, some 60, some 100? Well, it cannot be anything but the attentiveness that we give to the Word of God. And so... If you were to look at your life, and I was to look at my, mine, and somebody says, well, how much fruit are you bringing forth? Well, I doubt if any of us could put a number on it. We would probably be more apt to try to put a number on somebody else. Well, you know, he's a 30-fold Christian. He's a, well, there's a hundred right over yonder. You know, we can peg all these folks ourselves, but when it comes to you, uh, which are you? Well, perhaps we will think on some ways for us to examine that because we ought to all hunger to produce a hundredfold. And none of us should be content with anything less. There's nothing wrong with the Word. There's nothing wrong with the Spirit of God. There's got to be some issue with how I hear it and obey it. And I must be careful that I never hear the Word of God and think, oh, yeah, that, that would be good if we could do it and then just dismiss it. And sometimes we do that. You know, we hear a sermon on forgiveness. Well, that would be great if we'd do it. By George, you can do it. You've got the Spirit of God. If you've been born of the Spirit, you've got the Spirit of God. You've got the Bible. You've got the Word of God. You've got a, a church where the Word of God is being preached. You can do it. And you ought to do it. You ought to give the more earnest heed. Lest at any time there comes this chasm between you and truth. Whatever truth it is. Of unity or, or giving or whatever the subject might be. Every once in a while, you know, the preacher gets all hepped up on family worship and he, and he harps on that a while and you think, well, that'd be great if I could do it. You can do it. And there's only, the only thing that will hinder you from doing it is that you just don't 
you don't apply yourself and the devil comes and snatches it away before it ever has a chance to make give root. Or perhaps sometimes someone maybe has offended you, your wife, maybe she didn't, when you said, let's, come on, let's read, and she didn't just hop to, and, and, and you had, and she didn't, maybe she didn't seem enthusiastic, or maybe she's got a headache, or maybe the wife said it, and the husband says, well, I've got this to do and that to do. And you think, oh, forget all of that. Trial, tribulation. Your kids are not as, uh, as interested as they ought to be, and they yawn in your face. And you just say, well, what's the point? Or persecution. One of the early issues in the church was what do you do with people who, who left when the persecution arose? I'm talking about real persecution. Not, not somebody laughing at you. Somebody thinking you look like a Pentecostal because you wear a dress. You know, I, that deters some people. I can't just wear a dress all the time. I look like a Pentecostal. Uh, so what? <laughs> you know, who cares what you look like? If you look like what you think God wants you to look like and dress how you think God wants you to dress, who cares what you look like? And the fruit gets... Well, you know, I've preached a sermon on modesty here. And, you know, I don't know what, what all it's done for, for anybody's soul. Um, but if you didn't look into that mirror really well, then there you are. And you're not going to bring forth fruit. Because you're going to be more worried about whether or not your fashions match the notions of the world than you are whether or not they match the glory of God. And your fruit will be diminished. Your witness will be diminished. Your testimony will be diminished and God will not get the fruit He deserves from your life or my life. You know, we preached on being a good husband, being a good father. Well, I went home and tried it the next week. It didn't work. You know, she she, she didn't respond well or he didn't do what he ought to do. And... and uh, and the kid said, well, I tried to obey yesterday, but I got in trouble anyhow. So, you know, you know, persecutions arise, tribulations arise, difficulties, troubles come up. And sometimes the cares of this world and, and, and the desire for riches and, and the, the, the thinking about how to make a living and all that presses in upon us. And it steals, steals the Word and makes us to be unfruitful. So how can I bring forth a hundredfold fruit for God? That ought to be our that ought to be our great quest. Every one of us ought to have and be on the great quest of not being satisfied with less than what we know we can do. And you know, probably none of us would stand up and say, I'm a hundredfolder over here. I might point to somebody and say, Well, they're probably pretty close at least. But hopefully no one would have the gall to say, man, I've reached my potential. I'm, I'm there. And so if that's the case, then you and I both know we have some room for improvement, don't we? And so it all starts with hearing the Word of God. Now, what's the simple thing about that? Well, the simple thing is being where the Word of God is, is uh, preached. Being where the Word of God is exalted. And that comes down to a simple matter of church attendance. It does not say, uh, you know, I don't think I like the time that they've decided to meet. I'm going to just stay away on that time. You know what that shows? It shows a disregard for the Word. Not a disregard for the preacher, and a preacher ought not to take it personally. But you and I ought to think about this. You and I ought to stop and think, you know, well, it's, it's looking a little cloudy out there, you know, tonight. Maybe I better stay in. 
You know what that says? It says, I'm not as attentive to the Word of God. Well, Brother Mike, we all know Brother Mike. He's not going to preach anything different. We've all heard it before. We'll just go get one of the last tapes. We'll go look up the last time he preached on the parable of the sower and we'll, we'll catch up. You know what that does? It shows a real disregard for the Word of God. You don't stop to think that there's a, at least a slight possibility that I might say something a little bit new and different on this time than I did the last time. And you missed it. You missed it. Well, Brother, brother uh, Lewis, he's a young guy and he's coming along and, and uh, yeah, if I don't hear everything he says, it won't be the end of the world. You know what? It's the Word of God he's preaching. It's important. It's important to you every time. And you and I ought to live in the fear that we're going to miss something from God. No need to fear you'll miss anything from Brother Mike. Or maybe even from Brother Lewis. But you might miss something from God. Because you never know. You never know when the Word of God is going to prick you in a way that it does no one else. Sometimes people will amaze me. They'll come up to me and I'll feel like maybe I didn't have much liberty or something. And, and somebody will say, the Lord just worked in my heart as you, as you spoke on that. And, and uh, that's one of the best sermons I ever heard you preach. You know, and I'm, I'm almost offended. You know, that's the best one I ever preached. I hate to see the worst one I ever preached. But you see, God, God takes the Word of God and He makes it real to our hearts and you never know. That's why to attend to the Word of God is so important. You might think on a certain day, oh man, this is, I've got a lot to do today and there's, there's so much business about and things to do. And I, I, just, I don't have time to read the Bible today. Oh. oh, what a lack of respect for the Word of God that, that, that displays. You may not have time to brush your teeth, but you ought to have time to spend a little time at least in God's Word every day. It's God's Word. It's what He has designed to sow in your life eternal truths from which only fruit can attend. And then we ought to attend these things seriously, soberly, with an open heart, with an open mind. And notice this connection. Back in, back in Colossians, I alluded to it a while ago. I've just, this has kind of clicked with me more in the last week or so. When he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and knowledge. And the next verse. What is the very next verse in Colossians? You think you'd say, now, the way you do this is read your Bible and go to church and listen to the preaching. Well, of course, that's part of it. But that's not the next verse. The next verse says, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He's telling us this, that the eternal truths of God's Word, which men are, are enabled to put into poetry and other men put to music, what that does, it brings the Word of God richly to your heart. That's why it always grieves me when people don't sing. And, you know, I, I try to tell myself and hope it's true that, well, maybe they're singing in their hearts. Maybe, maybe you know, their, their voices aren't holding up or... You know, I've about come to the place where I've told several people, I guess I'm going to have to quit preaching or singing one because my voice just gives out when I try to do both. Um, but, mercy, I believe I just, I, somebody just take me out and shoot me when I can't sing. Because, I, you know, I want to sing. I want to sing praises to God. Because it's turning the eternal truths of God's Word in a, 
in a way that very few things can into immediate praise for God. That's why the, the song service here is, is extremely important. That's why singing is an important part of the public worship of God. All throughout the Scriptures, they're singing praises to God. That's not just some, uh, some just insignificant, unimportant part of, of the worship of God. It is a vital, central part of worship. And if you don't participate, you are a loser. And you will, you will never be able to bring forth a hundredfold fruit. You see, we've got to apply ourselves to all of, the, all of the tools that God has given us. The simple tools. Go to church. Read your Bible. Sing when you come to church. Enter in. Pray for your preacher. Those are the things that are the simple things that, that, we, that we can do. And then when we read the Word of God or we hear the Word of God, there ought to be something in our souls that says, I'm going to do that. I've, I've got to beat what I've been doing. I'm going to do better. And it's not just some, some just passing. I, I, not like the man who the sea fell on the stony place. He doesn't jump up down. All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to, I'm going to get on fire for God. And then a week later, you know, something comes up. And where'd they go? Well, I don't know where they, where they are. Do you want to bring forth a hundredfold fruit to God? It all centers around the Word. Do you believe that? It all focuses on the Word. Preached, read, sung, meditated upon. It focuses on the Word. Now, it's more than just reading your Bible and going to church, obviously. It's making application of that. Asking God to make this real to your hearts. But let me warn you this solemnly. Don't be content to be a 30-fold Christian. Whatever that is. Don't, don't be content with that. Be grateful you're in the kingdom. It'd be great to have the spirit of oh, Brother Reggie Rhodes. He working around the church. Brother Zach told him, said, Brother Reggie, that's going to be an extra star in your crown. You know how Brother Zach is. Brother Reggie, in his Eorian way, says, Brother Zach, I just hope I've got a crown. <laughs> Well, we ought to just be glad we've got a crown. But you know what? We ought to be more than just glad we're able to bring a basket of fruit to God. We ought to, we ought, we ought to want to bring much fruit. And Jesus said that. He said, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. Now, what is the fruit? Uh, just briefly, we could go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, when He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, kindness, all those things that are listed there that are called the fruit of the Spirit. And we do not pass by them lightly, but we would just say this, that when you are hearing the Word of God with an intent to obey, as Brother Wallace used to well say, hearing it with an intent to obey, you know what that's going to do? It's going to make you joyful. And you know what that is? It's fruit to God. It's fruit to God when people are joyful, when people are, are patient, when people are kind and generous and gentle and, and, and long-suffering and forgiving and all of those things. That's fruit. That's fruit for God. It's obedience to the commands of God's Word. And so, let us think in closing on the four categories. And think about yourself this day. 
Ah, there's the moment I'm always waiting for. Hey, look, I sat in the pew and heard lots of preaching. I always kind of, when the preacher closes his Bible, I kind of get this, all right, we've, we've done it this time. <laughs> and I, I'm quite well aware of the fact that time passes a lot quicker in the pulpit than it does in the pew. But while I say that, I say this to you today. Perhaps God has convicted you on some point. And Satan has already tempted you to block it out of your mind. I'm I'm okay just like I am. I, yeah, well, I'm, maybe I'm not a hundredfold Christian, but you know I don't want to be a fanatic. I tell you, I want to be like that couple over there in the last chapter of First Corinthians. They said they had addicted themselves to the ministry of the people of God. They had addicted themselves. Yeah, that makes us think when we hear that Sister Yane's got a bad headache and she's not doing well. It makes us it makes us go beyond the thought that, well, you know, she had a baby a little while ago and we took food down there and, and her mama was sick, we took food, and she's, you know, sick, we took food and and uh, you know, just how how far can you go with this thing? Well I'll tell you how far you go. You go you go until you please God. And it's not it's not some dread of a oh, work day at church. Ah, I got stuff to do. I got people to go, places to, to places to visit, and, and uh, people to see. I can't I can't give any attention to that. I can't be a part of God's church because you know really I'm pretty good like I am. I can't commit my life to Jesus Christ because maybe I'm I'm not even ready to do that. I I've, I've got some wild oats I want to still sow, and and uh, oh listen, Satan is always there, ready to snatch the word of God away from you. And then there are always the cares of the world, the troubles and trials that come along in life, the tribulations, the pursuit of wealth. Don't let that deter you from serving God with all your heart, loving Him with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind. May God bless this message. And may God bless His Word always to bring forth much fruit in our lives to His glory. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we we uncomfortably see ourselves in some of these things. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning who hasn't, please be merciful to them and let them. But Lord, we're thankful that You've given us the precious treasure of Your Word. You told it, You called it a precious treasure when the Apostle Paul says that this treasure of the Gospel, of the Word of God, we have in these earthen vessels, that is, mere men preach it, so that the excellency of the knowledge may be of God, not of men. Lord, help us to believe what a treasure we have in in the Word of God. In hearing it, reading it, meditating upon it, there's no end to what we could do. And so, Lord, I pray that also none of us would would let the trials and difficulties of life, the disappointments of people, drive us from the Word. Nor would we allow persecutions to hinder our bearing fruit. 
Certainly, Lord, help us that we'd not let the cares of this world and the riches of this world do that. We'd never let our jobs um, or the pursuit of property or things cause us to violate principles of Scripture. Lord, bless us always to be willing to, to have less or do with less if it meant more fruitfulness in the kingdom. Help us, O oh Lord. Give us strength that we could bear fruit. Lord, we hunger to bear fruit for You. And bless each one of us to hunger to bring forth a hundredfold. To bring forth the most possible. Not be content with just dragging along. Help us, O oh God. We need You because we're weak creatures of dust and we'll, we'll get by with as little as we can by our own flesh. Help us, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.